0: This is the Fatty Joe Show, coming to you from Casa de Cary, deep in the forests of Nutmegerville. This show is dedicated to exploring pathways to better health from a holistic perspective. In each episode, we will explore such topics as nutrition, mental and emotional health, fitness, and more. I'm Yogi, your host and I became interested in studying health after conventional health dogma became damaging and led me to become massively overweight. Against modern convention, I went on a keto lifestyle and I lost over 300 pounds and gained a level of control on my personal health that I never had before. Now I'm on a journey to find out what is myth and what is truth in the ever convoluted world of what is considered healthy. Come join me on a journey of discovery as I look for a path to improve total health. If you'd like to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash show or patreon.com slash kerrybrown. If you want to check out all of our social media links and recipes, head to kerrybrown.com. Don't forget to leave a comment, like, and subscribe to the show.
1: everybody and welcome back to the fatty joe show coming to you from casa de Caryland, land deep in the heart of the nutmegger forest today we have on marcus wolf who has the facebook group the wolf pack and he's he's a fitness guru who specializes in helping men who are busy get the exercises and things that they need to get fit. And the, he's had some transformations, ups and downs in his own life. I'm going to bring him on. I thought he would be a very interesting person for all of those to hear who complain constantly that they don't have enough time to do exercise and get fit and get healthy because this guy's got some really interesting perspectives on that. Hey, Marcus, how you doing today? What's up, Yogi? Thanks for
2: having me, man. I'm really excited.
1: Oh me too man And uh, I've seen some of your posts about five minute workouts and things like that and I, I thought they were pretty cool. It's kind of a, from what I've seen is you're along the same kind of lines as body weight exercises and things like that like Ted Nayman is, who was just recently talking about that. I mean you do weight training and stuff as well, but you're a real big fan of getting that body weight uh, exercises in because you could do it anywhere mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't have to be long. So that's one of the things that, that really impressed me with you. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you got into fitness
2: training and, and where, where you came from. What's your superhero origin story? Well, oh, my superhero origin story. Well, so I started lifting weights maybe like 15 years ago. Maybe I was like 19, I think. And uh, it was ironic because the the guys who I usually went drinking with decided to start uh, to, to go to the gym and lose some weight. And I was like, I don't want to go to the gym, I want to keep drinking. And uh, when I lost my drinking buddies, I was like, all right, I guess I'll just join you in the gym. And then uh, within like a couple of weeks, ironically, they stopped and I haven't stopped since. So 15 years later, I'm still, still rocking and rolling. And uh, yeah, and I've, you know, over the last 15 years, I've been, uh, I've been through all of them. I mean, I've tried many, many diets, I've tried many, many training approaches. And uh, I always say like, it's like I've been through hell and back. And now I'm now I'm a father of two, I'm married, I have a little bit of a kidney issue, which I could always like delve deep into, uh, which kind of led me towards why I've become this guy who's, I guess you would almost call it minimal training or minimal lifestyle to still get the results you want. Uh, I don't coin that term, but I mean, it is theoretically what my, my whole theory was. If I could get results in a short period of time, my life is still so much better. So now it's you know my job to try to share this with uh, other busy guys. And I have a few women on my uh, repertoire as well.
1: Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome because today, well, there's a couple of things that I think really what you do come into play. One is is the busy person that's always, you know, people putting 40 plus hours a week in at work and they, they come home, they're exhausted. They they barely got the energy to cook. And then you're asking them to work out and they're like, what? Mm. <laughs> you know, and then the other factor, too, is some people right now, because of the whole lockdown thing, they can't get to their gym and stuff. And they, so they think they can't work out. But they're you're doing a lot of stuff I've seen some of your videos where you're like doing stuff out on the street where you're just you know you're going for a walk and you're dropping down doing push-ups and things like that like anywhere right. and I think that's that's pretty cool and let's address some of this myths of
2: having to go to the gym to get fit oh hundred percent I mean because I was there, I totally have like that empathetic way of approaching it. But I mean, yeah. So like, if I even thought about the 10 year ago, me, I was very much like, you need the gym to see results, you know? And I was very like stuck in it. And not only do you need the gym, but you need to do certain exercises in the gym. Then it started to break down into just wanting to, what is the most bang for your buck exercises? And it was just ironic because when COVID hit and the lockdown hit, I just, my, my training philosophies as well as my eating philosophies were essentially bulletproof for this new lifestyle, right? which is also something I try to share with my clients because the thing is, it's like, do we expect this to, to prolong for five plus years? Hopefully not, but it's you, what you really want to do is you want to make sure you have a strategy that is very, you know, just, you know, transparent. You could kind of like switch to garage, basement, gym, and it's some, same thing with the eating. If you're, if you're too, too structured and strict i think that's like one of the biggest myths i think everybody goes all in and uh and it it ends up biting them in the bum it happened to me and you know i'm just lucky to get out of it
1: yeah you know we we tend to be very dogmatic in our approaches to diet and things like that like we hear an article on the news that say kale's healthy so now there's the all kale diet Right, and that's you know we we kind of go off the deep end on things, but there are certain instances where a specific diet is going to work for you for a certain reason. You know that 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 there's that, but it seems with it comes to nutrition and fitness, there are a variety of approaches that seem to work for people, and and some are more restrictive than others. It, I think it's all about what's sustainable for you.
2: Right, hundred percent. What is your your current nutritional approach? So there's a company called PN, so Precision Nutrition, Uh, I got certified in that just a year ago. And their philosophies really just made sense, not only for my lifestyle, but it also has made a lot of sense in regards to like, when I help my clients, it's essentially very fluid. It's very process oriented, you know, where there are like pieces missing that you add to your life opposed to, you know, the, you know, the restricted life. Right. So I think that's one of the, the biggest things because sometimes having a beer or a glass of wine is more than just calories in calories out, it actually does a lot for like, you know, I mean, if I have two kids in their toddler age. I mean, if i if you tell me not to drink alcohol, I'm going to be like, you don't care to be you know what I mean you're not you're not concerned about my my stress management and just how I'm trying to cope with this current circumstances right that's why it's like i it, the, the, the PN philosophy had a lot of like layers where it was like you know you have to really approach it where it's not just about the calories it's not just about you know it's a, it's a psychological thing it's the mental thing and you know as long as there's moderation you know i'm not i'm not knocking back two fours like I did when I was 19. Uh, But I'm definitely able to still be very fluid with my eating, with my drinking and socializing. No, not a lot of restriction.
1: Yeah. And I I mean, it's for some people, they're going to have to be a little bit more restrictive on certain things because Mm -hmm. of situation. You know, um, if you I I like to bring this out to people a lot of times when they're telling me about what the most nutritious foods are. And I'm like, well, one of the most nutrient dense foods is oysters. But if you're allergic to oysters, that's that's now toxic to you. Mm-hmm. so you can't eat it. It's the same thing when it comes to drinking and when it comes to to other things. If you if if you can limit yourself properly, definitely it is an enjoyment in life. If you can't and you know that about yourself, then it's something that you, you may
2: want to take a more restrictive approach to. Oh, 100%. Actually, you know what? I should get a little bit more in-depth on my current diet. So this is for me, I don't recommend this uh, to individuals, even though it's been my favorite approach to eating. So just to come back to what I was talking about in regards to my kidney, I had a kidney issue like two or three years ago, it's a disease, they don't really tell me why it happened. So I I can't really like, you know, eliminate whatever that cause was. Uh, But long story short, I decided to start the uh, autoimmune protocol, which is very, very restrictive. I mean, it has it has similarities to other diets, but I mean, like essentially when people ask me, like, what do you eat in this diet? And I'm like, why don't I tell you what I can eat? Because it's faster than me telling you what I can't eat, which is a lot. I can't have grains. I can't have gluten. I can't have dairy. Uh, even like the elimination part, I had to try bringing stuff in and a lot of things did not respond very well to me. Um, so yeah, I definitely understand when you're, when push comes to shove, um, I didn't have to make this decision. I just, you know, again, I had a I had a kidney and health issue, so this was bigger than fat loss for me. But it actually right. gave me this clarity on what food can do for you and what food can do, uh, you know, harmful to you, right? So yeah, that's probably yeah. been the biggest transition. I forgot about how extremely different that is when it comes to eating.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the case for a lot of people right now. Um, as far as in our our group circles for ketogenic there's a lot of people that come to it for weight loss, Mm -hmm. but they end up seeing results in in reduction of inflammation and things like that, that, you know, the joint pains are going down Their their acne is clearing up. So that's like the other results are what generally keeps people more focused and staying in. Uh, For me, like I said, I, I started for brain health and the fat loss was a side effect. You talk quite regularly about, you know, not forgetting, and I think this is what happens with a lot of people, there's a psychological factor that come into play of of why people, especially who are worried about fat loss, have to be, they think they have to be so restrictive on everything that they do, and they lose sight of of taking moments to enjoy life, that psychological factor that y- you were talking about. When you're telling people to enjoy the foods that they're doing, like do you ever work with like meal plans or anything like that? Where you like, here's your day to do this. Or do you just kind of try to help them do it intuitively? It's a
2: little bit more intuitive. So like take, for example, if we were to start working, the very first thing I do is I break down their day and they break down what they eat currently. And I'm very, very much into putting what they're missing into their life. So again like I talk about I don't do the restriction at the beginning because that's that's heavy stuff like we talked about before a, a, a glass of wine at the end of the night or a beer at the end of the night can be more than just bad calories it, it could be this like help coping mechanism for the stress you're dealing with so you keep that in there and then we add the things that are missing and then through time you might just be like you know I don't really want to have this anymore because I woke up the next day and I felt like a bag of you know what I mean and it's mm-hmm. like that that very meal plans to me can see very like short term success, at least in my experience. Uh, but I really want people to take their power into them and be like, oh my god, I now like I know what a protein source is and I know how to make it delicious and enjoyable, so that I can eat it over and over and over. Whereas the re- maybe the reason why they failed before me was because it's like I gotta spray Windex on this chicken breast and make sure that it hits the sun at a certain time. So. <laughs> completely the cleanest thing in the world. And I'm like, that's cool, except I don't know how long you could continue eating something you don't enjoy. Like, so for me, enjoyment is, for food, is like one of the highest, highest priorities. If you don't enjoy it, we got to figure out how to make that thing delicious.
1: Yeah, eating definitely has a social and psychological aspect to it that I think, uh, I mean, there are the people that can go eat the same thing all the time and they don't even really like it, but that's there. All they think about is I got to get my calories and my nutrients in and I'm on my way. But for most of us, eating and food plays such a huge role in our lives beyond just the nutrients, beyond just the and I think sometimes that line too is that dangerous line we walk, where we get too invested into the social and the and the uh, and the uh, psychological effects, and we have the things like the food addictions and yes. other things. So it's 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 a line that we definitely have to walk and, and approach uh, as
2: far as what's best for us. 100%. And, I mean, over the years. I identified I had a poor self image and it was correlated with food as well. I find myself, because I've I've dived a little deeper into like, you know, awareness and mindfulness over the last couple of years. And I remember this just happened like a couple months ago and I'm eating food with like my buddies and we don't see each other very often. You know, you're in your thirties, you start, you know, you don't see each other and I'm eating food, but I'm thinking about, you know, is this going to affect my physique And then I had this moment where I was like, I'm not even eating with them. They're doing their thing. They're talking about, you know, their kids or something like that, or life, sports. And I'm just in my own head, not even paying attention to them. I'm like, oh man, that's not cool.
1: Yeah. And I've seen in the keto world where people will freak out because there is, you incorporated something in your diet, even maybe for a medicinal purpose, like let's say beets and they freak out. Beets are high carb. You can't have. like, no, way. The, I think associating food with a diet is kind of a bad thing in a lot of ways because the food, not necessarily if for keto – isn't necessarily the diet it, keto is a ketogenic is a metabolic state. So whatever you do to stay in that, the if you could eat a couple of beets and stay a ketogenic, then that's ketogenic for you. Mm-hmm. And those beets may help with loosening bile and digestion, and 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 add some nutrients and actually form a a, a medicinal function in your body. Mm-hmm. And it may just be a healthy, nice treat psychologically.
2: Yeah. I mean, like that person could have ate beets because their mom made it for them only on Christmas. And it's like, they have this tied association with beets. I'm like, you can't take that away from them.
1: Yeah. And I just use beets, for example, because it's something I did use in my my (laughs) diet. Sweet potato. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But the reason why I use beets is because I was talking to somebody on on one of the lines and they were asking about digestion stuff. And I was like, you know, beets are great for helping you to get that. That's not keto hold on. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's the only reason that that would popped in my head, but it could have been sweet potato. It could have been, could be, know, whatever. I, yeah,
2: I can yeah. totally understand that. I mean, I got clients all the time when I tell them, you know, at the beginning, cause they tell me what they eat and I'll be like, you know, have at least one to two servings of fruit. And they're like, isn't fruit bad? And I'm like, I don't think so. I didn't, I don't remember that ever being in the bad list, but it's because of the association of sugar and all this other stuff. And I'm, you know, yeah, it's like you said, it's very much as creating a monster when it's, it's just an orange, it's not going to kill
1: it. Well, you know, and there, there's, like I said, there's, there's differences for different people. And, and for a lot of us in, in the ketogenic world that are, that are quite large, like me, I was over 600 pounds. Mm-hmm. We have a metabolic dysfunction toward sugars of of like any kind whether it's bread or something like that and they they trigger certain things inside our body there are certain fruits though that are lower glycemic that we do tend to partake in and that's that's like avocados and certain berries and things like that right. so there are some medicinal benefits to certain fruits especially if you can get a good quality fruit and not you know most of the supermarket stuff is is uh I I was a truck driver, and we would go pick up apples, and the apples would be sitting in barrels inside the warehouse for over a year. Oh wow! And then they would gas them to ripen them, and you test the nutrient value, and it's just not there. Mm. Whereas if you went to go pick that apple off, like you know, we had when I was a country boy in Ohio, we had crab apple trees growing all over the place. You pick one of
2: those off and eat it, you're going to get a very different nutrient hit than. I mean that's the most unfortunate thing about like the food industries because it's like, you know, they are pumping out volume and they know, you know, it's just like the meat industry, they're just pumping out the volume. So the quality goes down. I mean, me and my wife, we made a, a garden box in the backyard and like everything that came out of that thing this summer, I was like, Oh, so that's what a cherry tomato really tastes like. You know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. you eat the one from the grocery stores. You're like, I don't taste anything. I don't, it doesn't taste like anything. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's it's the sad
1: fact it's it's part of part of the reason why so many people are having struggles with weight when it comes to food nowadays is is because of what the food is the way it's processed and the way it's designed what it's designed to do yeah. and so that's that's the kind of the challenge uh, a little bit because like especially with the processed foods you know The term processing food isn't necessarily a bad thing, but what it's processed to be may, you know, the, the Pringles and things like that, where it's designed to make you want to keep eating it and keep eating it and not hit that satiety factor, but get that endorphin runs. Whereas you're eating, like, let's say you're eating a food that's designed to make you more satiated, meet the nutrients and things like that, then it's, it's a little bit better. But there's definitely some problems there. Whereas if you're eating whole, real foods like the foods that you're growing in your garden, then you're not going to be dealing with a lot of the the issues that the processed food industry comes to. And I I, I love that fact. Yeah, I agree. Let's get into working out a bit. Sure. Yeah. I came from a weightlifting background. I was a football player, powerlifter. You played rugby and all that. And it wasn't until later I saw the beauty in, in bodyweight exercises. And unfortunately, I got hit by a car, so it took me out of that for a while. Mm-hmm. But um, the bodyweight exercises are something that are really fantastic. If you look at some of the most fit people on the planet that are all around fit, you're looking at people like gymnasts.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And awesome. you're looking at, you know, and what do they do? They do bodyweight exercises, and you look at the people that are preserving their joints from exercising and it's people that focus more on bodyweight exercises. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk to you a little bit. Let's, let's, uh, let's get your perspective on, on the bodyweight exercises, how to use them, some technique, and then maybe talk a little bit about
2: routine and how to incorporate it in your life. I mean, I think the one thing that kind of turned me towards why bodyweight exercises are so important is because I came from the bodybuilding world. That's how I started. So it was very much just trying to build the muscle as large as possible. And it's actually going to sound very, very small of a reason of why I really live towards like the the other side now of like, you know, balance is actually because in the bodybuilding world, you're building these muscles, but you're not actually like, developing the little intricate parts of your body so it's like you know you get those like lifting straps so you can deadlift as much as you can but the requirements of your hands and your grip strength is like extremely extremely important and i mean you take for example anybody who does like a trades job a very physical labor job they may not eat very well they may not sleep very well they may not do all the other things very well but their bodies are like put together very very well you know what i mean you know, you know, obviously they don't have the nutrients, blah blah blah, like I just said. But their physical beings, their strength in their hands, the strength in their core, the strength in their movement—that's all just because they're essentially, you know, doing the motions that you know. I guess everybody in the gym world are neglecting, right? So I mean, you know, to incorporate it, even to just okay. So I'm a big walking guy. I'm like, I'm, a, I'm like, all my clients walk like a ton because it's very easy to recover from and it's you know it's very easy especially if you're not in a warmer climate uh but then even if it's just like bodyweight exercises, just like your simple simple like planks and your push ups and your hangs like so we talked about this the 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 grip again this hanging is so so beneficial for like your shoulder health your grip health your core i think there's a study i have to look deep into this i don't like saying studies unless i'm like really deep into this knowledge but like apparently the pull-up it incorporates the core more than like almost any like it activates the core almost better than anything and you're just kind of like imagine that like most people are doing their crunches they're doing their sit-ups and all that jazz and all you got to do is do some pull-ups and by all means if, if you're not there yet there's obviously progressions but I mean again it, it, it develops the hands develops the shoulders develops the core it's just it's like a, it's just so much good from those uh, from those exercises
1: you know, I love the fact that you brought up walking. One of my favorite current exercises is rucking, where I walk with a weighted pack and go, oh, go out.
2: Cool.
1: Yeah. But I was talking to Danny Vega, and he he was bringing up the studies that they were doing research on people. And, and a half-hour walk after your meal will balance your blood sugars and prevent an insulin spike. Oh, and cool. if you prevent that insulin spike, you prevent the calories from being slammed into your fat cells. Mm-hmm. So, I, I love the fact that you brought in walking. The, another great thing about the body weight exercises is the entry point. You, you don't have to have a ton of gear. You don't have to have the workout. You, you don't have to have the gym membership. Anybody can do it. That's right. And it, comes, the,
2: it comes back to that. Sorry to cut you off, Yogi, but I was, I was just no, going for say, it. And it comes back to that like bulletproof in your strategy. I mean, like, you know, so you don't have the the PRs on a bench press, it really doesn't matter. Like you're able to still stay within the system. And like, I mean, half my clients, they asked me the same thing right before we signed up during COVID. Hey, can, uh, can we still figure this out this fat loss with, you know, just body weight, and it's so easy. It's so unbelievably easy just to incorporate, they still feel great, a lot of mobility. I'm a big mobility guy, too. Yeah, uh, mobility is becoming more and more important to me as I get
1: older and I'm dealing with all my former injuries. (laughs) So
2: um, what are some of the mobility training things that you incorporate in? Well, a year, or maybe it was two years ago, I took a certification called uh, Functional Range Conditioning. So it's called FRC. And he was like a former, not a former, I guess he's a chiropractor who kind of like melded his philosophies into this like own little thing and like to this day it's it's my favorite way to really increase joint health and joint mobility because it has nothing to do with or has just everything to do with making sure that every joint in your entire body like even your neck your wrists your ankles your toes like everything is is constantly in some sort of like you know i have two kids and like when i see these these kids joints move and i'm like holy jesus <laughs> like, that's what i used to have you know what i mean yeah and that's essentially what you want to get back to. You want to just get back to uh, giving your body all that movement in every single joint, because the only reason why we lost it was because we stopped telling our body to do it. So then your body's like, okay, I guess I don't need it anymore.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point. Is is your body is going to react to the stimulus that you give it? Exactly. If you don't, if if you don't, it's the same thing as building muscle and building strength. If you don't actually hit the gym. You can be taking steroids if you want to, but if you're not actually hitting the gym and working out and lifting, you're not going to develop anything. You, you're a big fan of walking. You're a big fan of the body weight exercises. What are some other kind of home quick routine things that you, do you incorporate or do you help your clients incorporate? Let's say you're, you're dealing with somebody that's been sitting at an office job. They have like their, their fitness level is, is down near zero. And they may not be able to move their body and do a
2: push-up on the side. So how would you start somebody like that out? Oh, I mean, again, there's so many just like, you know, bodyweight mobility exercises that, you know, again, you went from like probably sitting in your car to sitting at a desk to like barely ever doing anything. I mean, maybe the most you picked up was either like your kid or the groceries. And, you know, that would be like the very first thing would just be just like it could just be a complete mobility workout And every single client I've ever had who like was in that state would say that his exact same thing. They're like, you know, you're watching the videos and you're like, oh, this should be rather easy. Cause maybe you remember your, you know, 15, 16 year old self when you used to play sports and you're like, this is nothing. And then you get on the floor and your body is trembling because it hasn't, hasn't moved in those directions. Um, and that already alone is, is a must. Like I, like every client, even if they have the ones eventually who do weights and all that stuff, they have to have mobility. Uh, because you you just you have to I don't even know how to else explain it
1: yeah and like I said I've I've come to the find out it was something I used to take for granted before my car accident the fact that I was a 600 pound guy that could move out of high school when I when I graduated high school I was I was about 600 pounds and I lost a bunch of weight but at that 600 pounds I'm also six foot six so i'm a little taller i carry things a little bit differently i was powerlifting, Mm -hmm. but i at that 600 pounds you know i was able to move i was able to get up and downstairs i was able to run around i wasn't my 600 pound life because of the fact that i was moving it wasn't until after my car accident where i lost mobility and it was it was literally taken from me that that i realized how valuable something i didn't appreciate before was not that i didn't appreciate i didn't really consider it right and uh and so now I'm working on trying to get that back, but dealing with injuries. And it's, it's something that you could actually do certain types of exercises to protect. And stretching is, is one of them. People incorporate certain yoga-like movements. Um, Pilates has, has some of that things in there. You have, I've seen some of your videos and you seem to take a very hybrid approach to your workout routines and and not even really a routine because like a lot of your stuff seems to be from your video spur of the moment type things almost like you're like you're just walking around oh i'm gonna do this and uh <laughs> so it, it's i think it's really cool to take that approach because it's a different mindset to working out it's less of that structured i have to be in the right Frame of mind with the right outfit on, and you're like, no, nah, I'm just gonna drop down. I just took the kids out for a walk, and there's a fire hydrant over here. I'm gonna jump over
2: it. Right, I'm gonna, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just what we used to do when we were kids, right? When we were kids, you go to playground. It's not like, hey, I gotta go down the slide five reps, and then I gotta go to the like the the swing for twenty five reps, and then I gotta, you know what I mean? You just did whatever you wanted. And that like randomness is actually what the body really loves. It loves this like, you know, random running around, hanging, sliding. And it's just, I don't know. I'm still a kid. Like, look, I still wear like Mickey Mouse t-shirts because at the end of the day, I'm just kind of like, there's still parts of that that I don't want to eliminate. I don't want to just be this like, you know, especially in the fitness industry, you got these like drill sergeant, let's get motivated. And I'm like, that's cool for some people, but I'm like, I like just doing it my way and people dig it then i'm just kind of like okay so you know i'm gonna show you how to get the results you want in the minimal time and you, yeah you, you need you can be completely fluid it's just like whatever you want uh, it it's it reminds
1: me a little bit about uh, like how some of the parkour guys operate like i'm just going to run and and bounce off this thing and, yeah. and I watch that stuff and I'm like in complete awe because you know I, I despite being a bigger guy that could move, I, I'm not able to do that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's an outlier right there. Yeah. So
1: but um, that it that same type of mentality is is what brings that in. And I, I, I think that's very refreshing to see nowadays because like the gym has become almost a status symbol a a social event and you go to a gym nowadays and you'll see more people on their phone taking selfies than actually doing the work sure and yours is is way different i mean you're chasing your kids around you're doing that and you're just incorporating movements but your your movements have a science behind them even though they seem free-flowing and things like that they, they have a science behind them they have a structure behind them but it's not necessarily you make a plan to do it you're just doing
2: it it's a little bit random it's a little bit fun there are times when i'm a little bit structured but you gotta i don't know like i always look at things almost just like the eating we were talking about like if you do things in moderation uh like you know you can't free flow for a hundred percent of the time but you could kind of free flow 20 30 40 percent of the time because sometimes it's, it's not you know being so rigid is just like you know, just, we're t- we go back to like the sustainability thing. I don't know. My philosophy is in regards to movement is almost like you take your situation when you got into a car accident and that's like in an extreme situation, right? Where it's like you lost movement, it was taken from you. My thing is very much like it to prevent status now. You know what I mean? I'm like, I have movement and now I'm just going to maintain my movement and I don't want to lose it because I know the quality of my life is where I want it to be when I have movement. And that's that's one of the things I've seen in the group of, of the things that you've posted. Is a
1: lot of it you've talked about the preventative, uh, of preventing the degeneration in your joints and the, preventing the the loss of movement, they lost the ability. And that's a philosophy that goes very much with the world that I'm in with keto. Like many people are there to prevent health issues, so that they don't require the medical attention later so that they can be 50 years old and playing with their their kids and their grandkids running around and not be you know the guy that's or the lady that that takes five steps out is out of breath and needs to sit down and you kids go play right yeah so i and i imagine your kids kind of uh create a lot of working out routine like like methods with you just by your interactions with them because you seem like the kind of guy that's out there with the kids doing stuff oh 100 do you incorporate your kids into like fitness activities even without their knowledge on them? <laughs> like, do you get them
2: out there, like no well okay it's kind of funny i mean if you asked me this maybe like a couple of years ago i would have been like You know, I'm gonna put my daughter into this and I wanna put her into this. And I think the main thing now, my philosophy would just be as long as as she's a person who incorporates movement in her life, you know what I mean? Any of it. Like, so I go for walks with her. I feel like in COVID, she stayed 30 pounds because, you know, I couldn't feed her enough because of all the activity we're doing because we're always walking. Like, I have her walking with me all the time. She loves to run. So we'll go run in the park. She plays soccer. Like, it's not one of those. I'm not like, I wanna put her into a specific movement for my little like plan of like living vicariously through her. But it's definitely like, I want her to have movement in her life, regardless of what it is. You can do whatever you want.
1: That's cool, man. And you know, that's another thing is, is a lot of parents that you see nowadays, they're taking care of them. They're trying to take care of themselves. You know, they're trying to get healthier and things like that. But then you look around and, and their kids are sitting and playing video games and they're not, you know, they're not incorporating that healthy lifestyle in with their kids, whether it's nutrition, whether it's physical movement, whether it's things, you know, they a lot of parents, and it, I'm not knocking parents because being a parent's a tough job. That's a tough gig. And I understand wanting to put the kid down in front of the magic babysitter for a while so you can just get a break or go do some laundry. Magic babysitter, I love that. Yeah, so, um, you know, TV or video games, but, A lot of parents, I think, could probably, and and you can correct me on this, but I think a lot of parents, if they incorporate their kids in the fitness programs that they're doing through like primal movement and play type style things, it may help them also to kind of tap into some of those kids' energies while they're moving around and get fit themselves by getting their kids active.
2: 100%. Like I, I, I'm going to try to still keep this within like the, the, the activity thing, but it's, it's like the same thing with, with, with eating. So eating and, and activity are both the same. If you give a kid, like the competence of how to cook and you give them the competence of like what the benefits of not even like, you don't have to tell them about activity. You want to tell them about proper nutrition right now. But if you give them these skills, your skills are only going to become sharper. Like I'm a big believer that if you could teach something, like neurologically, you're better at that. That's almost why I'm even a coach, because I'm even better at fat loss and training because I teach people how to do this. That neurologically my brain's there. So, same thing with a kid. If a kid you know has this skill of you know eating and cooking, if they have the skill of like being able to hang on a monkey bar, they're gonna do it because you gave them that ability to hang. It's when they lose the stimulus, like you talked about that's when they start to revert. Because it's like, if you suck at something, essentially, I don't want to say suck, but it's like, you know, I mean, if you're not good at hanging from a bar, if you're not good at running without getting tired, you're not going to do it. So you got to put your kid in a position where they're at least like, you know, pretty good. So then they want to continue being pretty good. And it doesn't have to be anything except for the fact that they're like, hanging on a bar or running, right? Yeah, And I,
1: I love that aspect. Because I think, you know, and I, I've seen this quite a bit, like, my brothers are different stories, and, and he gets out and he gets active with his kids. His cr- kids have grown up. They've been playing basketball. They've been doing all kinds of stuff together and, and they take a play approach and it keeps him young by doing that. It keeps him vibrant. It keeps him active by yeah. doing that. And I think that's a great approach. And I, I love what you touched on there is teaching your kids to, to cook um, and teaching your kids to, to be active. And and I love the cook factor because a lot of people are coming up now and their families never taught them how to cook and they don't know how to fend for themselves. So they go to fast food and they become reliant on a lot of things that are unhealthy for them. Right. Even even at some of the bigger restaurants because they cannot create these things at home for themselves because they don't know what they, they're doing. But you're you're giving your kid the life skills. And I, there's another thing. And I, I used to work at a group home for at-risk kids. And when we had kids that were extremely picky eaters, getting them into the kitchen to help them us cook and get them to prepare something on their own gave them enough pride to try things that they wouldn't normally try.
2: 100%. You don't want to suck at something. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to have like a few, like, you know, I usually like to say like the Batman utility belt. You want to be able to have like a few Batman utility belts because then when you show up, you could, you know, you're, I don't don't want to say culture. That sounds so like pigeonhole, but it's like, yeah, you just you show up and you're like, hey, at least I know how to make a mac and cheese. What's maybe the next thing I can learn how to make? You know what I mean? Right, right,
1: yeah. Right. And it, you know, I think that's a, a fantastic skill to to pass on to your kids. It's <laughs> it's about self reliance, you know, and exercise and having the mental capacity to go out and get your activity in to become fit, to to control your diet, and know what affects you. That's all about self control and self reliance, and and that's something that you're passing on to your kids. And I think that's that's really cool, man. Congratulations on that. I I came from a background, I came from a background where I saw some of the worst parents you'd ever imagine. So I'm always like, thrilled uh, to see, you know, parents out there like working with their kids and and doing cool stuff.
2: So Well, I also had like an old school um, grandfather who told me he's like, if you want to get like attention from uh, a woman, you got to be able to cook and dance. I didn't really get good enough at the dancing, but I got really good at the cooking part. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what helped me snag my wife, to be honest.
1: There you go. Yeah, uh, I never got into the dancing thing, but I, <laughs> I, I'm pretty decent at cooking. So, yeah. I, I uh, yeah, the dancing, not so much. Yeah, I, I, can, uh, I can do the
2: two-step, the two-step just back and forth. I can do a little of that, but I won't go any further than that. I could probably make people laugh. That's, that's, that's
1: when I try to dance.
2: <laughs> that's, that's,
1: that's, so that's about it. Um but uh yeah, this is I mean, I think this stuff is really cool. Now you have a Facebook group called the Wolf Pack, and it's it's a men's fitness Facebook group that you, you run and uh you really I mean you're on there, it seems like daily putting out videos, trying to help people, writing blog posts, and you really've got uh, what seems to be a mission to help people get a, more out of their life through fitness and through nutrition and to not just get the, the exercise in and get the, the right calories and macros and micronutrients in, but also to enjoy it as they're doing it. And that seems to be your, your major part of your philosophy. And I know we've had some interaction in the group where you know, you were posting you don't have to be keto you don't have to be this because these things may not be sustainable for you but it's important that you do this and and you know i've, I've put in my perspective on that and i think it's refreshing to talk to somebody that doesn't have a strict dogmatic approach of this is absolutely how you got to do it this is what works for everybody right. because i think too many people in the groups other groups that I've been in do have that really dogmatic mindset. You must be in a calorie deficit. No, you must have the fat. No, And then they they yell at each other because they're not getting anywhere. And then meanwhile, there's people out there that are trying to get help and they don't know where to go. So for guys, if you're looking to find some information on fitness with with more of an open mindset so it allow you to explore to find out what works
2: for you i think marcus runs a great group for that yeah i appreciate that i mean yeah it's one of those it gets thrown a lot and maybe this word just means more to me now as a dad and a business owner but it's like balance is so so important and i'm like if you just keep allocating time to work watching sports playing video games i mean like you're not gonna have a lot of like other enjoyable things that life has to offer. Right. So that was my first philosophy of why I didn't even mind training less. Uh, just because it's like, now I get to allocate more time to other things. Even if that just means me going for a walk and listening to an audiobook or a podcast, it's like, I have now time that I don't need to spend living in the gym that didn't really satisfy me that much when I was there five, six days a week for two plus hours. And um, yeah, so I mean, like, you know, I, I talked with other guys, and it's, it's very much the same thing. Like they, they want to make sure that they get results. And if they could do it in short duration of time, that means you have time for other things. I mean, if they spend it on work, if they spend it watching TV, I mean, that's pretty, I'm, I'm, you know, I can't tell you what to do with your time. But I mean, it, it is one of those type of things where at least you get uh, an ability to like have the silver lining to see this like amazing amount of time you have to other things in life. Yeah. I think
1: that's really cool stuff, man. Now you've been doing a thing lately and I, I think I've seen you do this before, but you, you make a call out, a shout out in your group where you're looking for like five guys that you're going to work with on a, on a project. And, and, and so
2: tell us a little bit about what you're doing there. Well, cause at the end of the day, I'm really big into like understanding change behavior and mindset, right? People don't like to be pushed past their comfort zone, which I can totally understand. It took me a very long time to like push past my comfort zone. I feel like, I don't want to say just guys, but guys always have this like expectations of a role they must be. And it's like, if you want to break past those expectations, sometimes you have to, you know, be a normal person, right? Uh, So to give you a little bit more clarity, like I know that sometimes you need to really push somebody to call to action, to make an action in their life because they're not going to willingly always want to do it. Because there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear in regards to failing because they failed in the past. Uh, their life is so busy right now that they don't think they have time for it. And I'm a firm, firm believer that like I even offer free coaching for the first couple weeks sometimes. So someone can even see what it feels like to focus on themselves. What happens when you actually start to allocate your, your hours in a day for yourself, it's like, a switch that goes off you. It's not even about the nutrients of the food. It's not even about the activity. It's really just about finally saying, no, I'm not going to like look at my emails right when I wake up for work. I'm going to focus on my stuff. And when you start focusing on your stuff, all those like things start to kind of like go away and you start to actually really enjoy your days opposed to, again, living for somebody else's dream, living, living for someone else's goals. I'm like, no, nah, your, your goals are always, always, always more important. So sometimes Absolutely. I have to be a little so yeah, so to tailor it all the way back now. That's why sometimes I have to be a little bit of, you know aggressive because I, I don't mind. I don't mind being aggressive because I know the value my clients get from taking action, right?
1: And it, it seems like you're taking a very well-rounded approach to to helping people get, achieve those fitness goals and and also being very accommodating to what's going on in their life at the same time. Yeah, we're coming up on an hour here, so I want to close out with a few questions and I always have five questions. and This is to give help people give resources and maybe find consensus or find um, ideas to explore. My first question is always, uh, "Who are your top five health
2: heroes?" Top five—that's a high amount. But the first one that comes to my mind is uh, so Dr. John Berardi. He's one of the co-founders of the the PN Precision Nutrition Certificate I had mentioned at the beginning um he's definitely one of the guys up there uh also because of like a lot of relatability he's he's a dad i think he's even from canada so i'm from canada so it's like you know but i mean it's cool because it's like he came from that world of like bodybuilding and he's able to kind of like do i i've i've essentially tried to like mimic him right because he's he seems to have a great balance of being a father being in great shape still and uh offers obviously a nutrition way of approaching things that are very fluid for people's lives so he's definitely number one there and Uh,
1: i'll clarify this too real quick because when it comes to health heroes it it doesn't have to be physical health it could be mental health it could be just whatever
2: lord okay now we're starting to talk here okay so um i'm really big into pretty much anybody who creates a very good clear uh, the self-development books so Eckhart Tolle is one of my like absolute favorites um, I was supposed to go see him in May uh, Michael Singer is also another one as well which are you know again it's it's really all just about like you know being more mindful of like being present and those things are top of the list for me I don't let a lot into my world <laughs> am I might have also forgotten That's all
1: right you know I'll take what I can get So. <laughs> My next question is, what are three foods you think everybody should incorporate into their diet?
2: Sweet potatoes. Of course, I know if there's restrictions and there's reasonings of not doing it, of course, that's like totally fine. Um, But sweet potatoes are absolutely loaded with so many nutrients um, and it it just like can, helps with satiety, it helps with like, you know, nutrients. It's just like, that's a number one. Um, Definitely probably like a fish. Doesn't really even matter which one. A salmon is fantastic too. Like to get, get to get omega threes in your life and to get protein, you just can't beat that. And then because I'm such a lover of vegetables and I'm a, such a lover of enjoyable vegetables, I'm gonna say uh, spinach. So spinach is also my my number one, and I eat that both cooked and raw. Absolutely loaded with nutrients. Keeps a, keep keep your stomach completely full if you eat enough of it. And uh, yeah, I'd probably say those three are uh, are my three and that's a full meal right there there we go
1: yeah you know I'm, I'm a big fan of of all those things sweet potato i don't eat that often because of my glycemic response but i do love it every once in a while whenever i'm because i found for me a lot of my nutritional success comes with uh flexing my my uh my diet every once in a while and allowing a little bit of carbs back in maybe going more toward a vegetarian approach for a while then going back toward carnivore and just kind of cycling through things right and I, I seem to get better results that way um so what are three foods you think everybody should have
2: tried to avoid in their diet i'd probably say gluten's gotta go and i again i don't like to push my narrative i'm not trying to push my narrative on other people But just gluten just doesn't, it inflames a lot of people. Um, It doesn't process very well. I mean, or like every time you make, there's not like a lot of whole foods gluten. It's always just kind of like processed and just like does not sit very well in people. It's not even a food, but I would get rid of most supplements. (laughs) Yeah, Most like, you know, like protein shakes and all that stuff. I mean, like if that's what you got to do, you can put that into your diet, but I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a whole foods warrior. I don't, I don't take a single supplement just because I don't need convenience. I can, I can cook, right? I do like
1: having my collagen powder, mm-hmm. but it's, it's mainly because it's, it's like oil
2: for the joints
1: of the tin man.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense too. And I mean, it's, it's actually quite tedious because my wife was doing like the bone broth for like a while. And I had like, you know, frozen bones and cooking process. And it, it could be quite tedious to make yeah. So it's easier. I do understand the convenience of, of supplements. I actually add collagen to my bone broth. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it will,
1: it, a lot of us too, because of uh, having the issues with, um, with uh, digestion, with the, like you said, the gluten. Mm-hmm. One of the things that gluten does, the reason why it inflames your body is it causes the lining of the stomach to open up and allow larger particles of foods to go through. And one of the best ways to heal that is high amounts of collagen mm-hmm. and, and also gelatin. Yeah. And the other one is having the damage in the shoulders and things like that, you know, the, the repair factor. And also there's, there's a, um, a molecule inside
2: collagen that actually can help you sleep better. Yeah, very cool. Well, to wrap that one up, um i'd probably say like any refined sugar like it's just like it's absolute garbage it doesn't need to be in the diet and then when you incorporate the refined sugar plus the gluten i'm like again my, my kidney specialist doctors didn't tell me why my kidney has a disease but i'm like i used to really eat a lot of refined sugar uh, a lot of dairy a lot of gluten and it was like it messed me up big time
1: yeah, and that's I think that's why so many people get results on things like ketogenic or even paleo or things like that, because all those things that you just talked about is basically getting eliminated, You're, or at least greatly reduced in those those forms of diets. Yes. And uh, the refined sugars, there's absolutely no benefit to it whatsoever. Like, yeah. there's not, there's no health benefit. It's, I mean, it's the only thing you get is that endorphin release, and the only things that we classify as um, Things that only give us an endorphin release and no, no medical or nutritional benefit are drugs. Oh. <laughs> so what is a health myth that if you could get rid of it overnight, what would that
2: be? Who health myth. Well, I probably, the first thing that came to my mind was the, like the the things like the low fat, no, you know what? Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll change this up the carbs after a certain duration of time. I know again, we're, we're talking about a specific human being, a specific person who has to limit their carbs could be a different scenario. Uh, but like this whole idea that the, the the carbs are like such an evil, evil world. Uh, I think that myth needs to needs to go. Yeah, you know, there's there can be benefits inside
1: certain types of carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. I think it depends greatly on the type of carbohydrates that you're doing because A complex carbohydrate for most people is going to react very differently in the body Mm -hmm. than a simple processed carbohydrate. You know, if you're metabolically damaged, then you may want to limit both of them. But even if you look at avocados, very high in carbs, but it's very much included in things because it's the type of carbs. You look at resistant starches, they do something very different in your body than. Or starches that are easily converted into sugar and things like that and some of these can have very good effects on your gut biome so and if your person is metabolically healthy a small amount of of carbs kind of following an ancestral type approach diet shouldn't have a bad effect on them what is something that you would wish you could change about the medical industry um, as far as patient care? Or preventative, or whatever you would like to do, some, some some something that's prevalent in the medical industry that you think your
2: approach could fix if you could just change it overnight. Well, I mean, you know, you always go back to like the basics, right? Because of the medical industry, I mean, no different than when I had my kidney disease. So I have an experience of them saying, "Here, just take this," and then they, you know, quantify, you know, they they it, and they was like, "Oh, they did it work?" Okay, here, take this one now, and it was like this this constant conveyor belt, and I'm like thinking to myself imagine someone who doesn't work out, imagine someone who doesn't eat properly, doesn't sleep properly, is now taking these medications. I'm like, it'd be really nice. And I don't want to sound like, you know, I'm not 100% for the, you know, natural everything. But there's got to be like this very back to basics. If you just get someone to just be like, okay, move better, move often, eat better, eat whole foods, you're going to eliminate a lot of issues. And I just, that's I'm, I'm a big anti Medication, if you don't, absolutely, absolutely, or if tried everything, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, medication is definitely a very uh, invasive approach. Medication and surgery, and I've had a couple of doctors on the show now, and they've they've agreed the same thing. If we can do a lifestyle prevention and prevent surgery, prevent medication, then that's the best
2: way to go. Right. I get I get that they're pigeonholed, right? Because I think it's 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 very complicated. This is like eating took me like almost 15 years to like really master. So it's like, imagine someone who's just, you know, we go back to the skills, we go back to the, what what they'd even know about food and cooking.
1: Yeah. Well, even uh, I was, uh, had Dr. Dana DeLair, uh, O'Leary on, and she's a member of one of our groups. And she was talking about the fact that the regulations in the medical industry, because the higher ups get you know, the the people in the government that create the regulations, they get a lot of lobbying money and kickbacks from pharmaceutical companies and things like that. So they make commandments that go down the chain. And some of the people that are in ahead of these regulations are not doctors themselves. And they're administrators. They are definitely hamstrung with what they're allowed to do. And, and it's it's challenge to our, our medical industry. And you guys have a little bit of a different approach up to medical stuff than we do right you know up there in canada and so i think in some ways you guys in in will give better care but i know that your your food pyramids and things are very similar to ours right it's the high carbs processed foods things like that that are
2: that they say it's all right (laughs) right so (laughs) yeah just yeah it goes it takes a while to like like chisel through and carve a path of where you should be going and i think we're moving in this direction it's just going to probably take a little while
1: well, you got to look to at how many groups agree on the same thing they they may fight fervently with each other, but if you look at the vegans, the vegetarians, the paleo movements, the keto people, they all pretty much agree whole real foods, exercise, living a healthy lifestyle, getting out in nature right. um, there these are all things that will benefit you and so th- I think that that consensus right there with such a large amount of people around the world will definitely. Uh, help push the medical industry, especially now that we're getting doctors on board and things like that. So uh, we got doctors like Mark Hyman and Sean Baker and, and people that are that are leaning toward that route. Uh, Ted Naiman and uh, they, I, I think we are making progress, and but it
2: just may not be as fast as we like. It's like you said. We're like, take for example, I'm a big sports fan, and I'm like, we probably would agree with most of the same arguments or like a, a mo- the way we think about sports, but because you're like pigeonholed to a team, like nothing can take me from this belief of my team. And I'm like, that's yeah. cool, but I'm pretty sure we believe in like 90% of the same thing. So same thing with like the eating ones. Like, I'm sure we would have a conversation and, and be like, what do you believe in? And I'm like 90% of the time, everything is together, but it's a 10% that causes these like <laughs> deep dive yeah. that are so distracting. All right, man. So, if people want to find and they
1: want to work with Marcus Wolf, and you you do, you know, your group is specialized around guys, but like you said, you work with women, you work, you know, you're a family guy. So, I'm sure you could do some family approaches as well. How do people find Marcus Wolf in the interwebs and get in contact with you?
2: I probably say the fastest way to find me is on Instagram because my Instagram is where I'm like really, really at. I'll make the daily stories and daily feeds, and that'll be Marcus Wolf Coaching. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook, and you can find my group, like you said, The Wolf Pack Fat Loss for Busy Guys Over 30. And now I've started a YouTube channel about a month and a half ago, but I'll be perfectly honest. I, it's like half- like value knowledge. And then it's half also me just being a complete knucklehead eating a whole bunch of the food that I just said that I would not eat except it is gluten free and it is dairy free, but it's still copious amounts of sometimes sugar. (laughs) So man, it's, it's been awesome
1: having you on. And, uh, I really appreciate you coming to the show. I'm gonna go ahead and close things out. Definitely, if you are interested in finding a coach to work with that takes a very flexible lifestyle approach to their exercise, I would say look up Marcus Wolf. He's a, not only is he an interesting guy, but he has such a cool, flexible approach to find something that will work in your lifestyle. All right, everybody, this is the Fatty Joe Show. And just remember, if you want to support the show, please head on over to Patreon and you can check out the patreon.com slash the Fatty Joe Show. Support the show financially if you want. And you could also do us a huge favor by going to whatever pod site you're at and rating and leaving a comment below because it helps push the show out to more people. All right, everybody, have a great day.
0: Thank you for joining us on the Fatty Joe Show. Be sure to leave a comment and subscribe. It helps the show reach more people. To support the show, as well as Carrie Brown and Yogi's work on the blog, Keto Recipe Development, Master Classes, and to gain access to private Facebook groups and other awards, go to patreon.com slash Show or patreon.com slash Brown. Also, check out our Carrie Brown and Yogi Parker YouTube channel for video versions of The Fatty Joe Show, recipe videos, and more. Join our awesome community on the Facebook group, The Keto Kitchen with Carrie Brown and Yogi Parker, and check out our CarrieBrown.com website for recipes, blog posts, discounts, cookbooks, masterclasses, and other great stuff. Thank you so much.